1: Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Holla talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.
0: Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation
1: of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies.
0: Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mentioned that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing the key characteristics of great investors.
1: Yeah, boy. This (laughs) Should we start an episode with me saying, yeah, boy? Yes, we should. It's okay to do that occasionally. If we did that every single episode, I think folks would not like it. they drop off quickly. But uh, to me, it's more of a a Scrubs throwback. For anybody Uh, who's never seen, didn't uh, JD or Turk, one of them, I feel like one of them used to always say, yeah, boy. Don't those guys have a podcast too? Uh, with iHeart, actually, or they used to, <laughs> where they would, they're would they going back, kind yeah. of reliving the, uh, the glory days. I didn't either, even though I loved Scrubs, that sitcom. It, it was, was a solid fantastic. show. Fantastic. I definitely enjoyed watching that one in college. But that is not what we're talking about today. Uh, we are dedicating an entire episode to investing. You know, like every episode, we touch on investing a little bit. Uh, but we felt it was necessary that it was time to do a deep dive into the realm of investing. And specifically, kind of some of the, the things that go on internally uh that make the best investors out there and that's what we're things, talking about And these are things some of
0: these things might maybe come more naturally to people than others based on your personality type or your that is your true. inclination but I think all the things we're going to mention here, you can also develop. Like you can become better at. Sure. And so as we kind of point these things out, you might be like, "I'm not naturally a patient person," <laughs> but it's something we can we can all work on. You're giving away the goods That's already. One. All right. That's all though. No more until
1: <laughs> uh, we'll, get, we'll get there. Sure. But first, we we need to continue the. Uh, so you, you've talked about your Pixel, yeah, uh, your your new phone. It's it's sort of like a saga here, <laughs> this this epic journey of your phone, and you've got a little update. Uh, well. Oh, do I? You, you okay sharing this? Uh, I thought you were going to share or, it for or me. I well, wrote it I'm on to have, the outlet because I'm too bashful. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, we we've got to talk about this. Yeah. So, <laughs> I I have I finally
0: got a case because uh, but it was too late.
1: <laughs> d- yeah too little too late i
0: did the steps out of order i cracked the screen and oh. then got the case and i really should have done it the other way around i have learned my lesson. lessons at this point. The fo- what? I, typically like, for a lot of years man i didn't crack my
1: screen i right. was pretty good at not having a case we came into work a couple of days ago I saw your phone. It had the cracked screen, and I was so pissed. You, <laughs> I was pissed for you. I was just like, "No!" You, you literally ju- just shook your head, <laughs> like, "You idiot!" <laughs> you just got that phone. I know. Uh, it's just it's been a few weeks, but. Um I think it it's fair to share because like we share wins that we have, and I think it's it's good for folks to know that we're human. Uh, sometimes we make dumb mistakes, uh, and I think you would categorize this as a as a dumb mistake. Yes,
0: and fortunately, it's only in a small corner, and it doesn't really affect much until you,
1: until you drop it again in that one yeah. crack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's why I got the case now. Okay, Leads into other, got other the cracks. case.
1: I'm even gonna get Did one you of get those this, screen protectors. Okay. Get that screen protector yes. on there. And it should act as like uh, like glue. Yes, hold it all that's, together.
0: That's the goal. To Prevent you go. it from getting worse, and. <laughs> my wife she's like why don't you just go get another screen and i'm too cheap, <laughs> I'm too cheap just, for that. oh yeah
1: you just paid for this like thing.
0: no no I, I am such an idiot i must like walk around with this like crack screen for walk, years to come the walk of shame just to remind myself of how much a dummy <laughs> i am so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it as is but i'm gonna have the screen get how? the screen protector yeah. and hopefully it will stay just a, a small
1: crack and Obviously, that's absolutely the most affordable, cheapest, easiest thing that for uh, for folks to do to protect their phones. As folks might be upgrading, getting new gadgets this fall, yeah. get that the screen case protector. Costs $10. Get, get that case. I yeah. think the
0: screen protectors are like five for nine dollars, like, something yeah. like that. So yeah. the the expense is minimal. You don't necessarily need an insurance policy. I didn't have an insurance policy nah. on this. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. That's a that's we're a not, waste of money. We're not crazy. Self insure, right? <laughs> and the cheapest self insurance is a case. I realized that, I just kind of thought it was poppycock and thought I was above the law, so.
1: <laughs> thought you were better than me, because mm-hmm. I got, was it last week or two weeks ago, I, I got a case or and got the screen protector on there. kind of mentioned it as an aside, but so how, how did you drop your phone like how did it happen how did literally i set it on the night table and what it like slipped off like or something yeah i was like
0: what no and it was a when, short drop i just assumed that it was going to be okay but it wasn't oh my gosh yep.
1: when did so, well you've got concrete floors in that room uh they're like aren't they they're they're, they're no they're it's not a, it's a slab they're tile okay tile. yeah hard is what yeah. i'm saying like <laughs> yes. compared to hardwoods on uh, a cross space or a basement where there's a little more bounce to yeah. it well Sorry to hear that, dude.
0: Hey, all right. I'll be okay. It's a minor inconvenience, really, when it comes down to it. But yep. uh, for
1: everyone else out there, this is your warning. Get yes. that case.
0: Don't be like me. Uh, all right, let's move on. Let's mention the beer we're having, Matt. This is Oktoberfest by Dry County Brewing. They are... Right around the corner from where we live now, yeah. so I figure we should try that. And it's going to be that time of year where Oktoberfest are on the shelves again. So let's let's drink one of these. We'll give it's our September though, Joel. I know,
1: but still, it's, uh, you're like pumpkin spice latte guy where you're like jumping the gun. You're, you're like, all, okay, it's still summer. You're sweating your. <laughs> it's only not okay in July, right? So that's that's when I start to get annoyed. Oktoberfest but... beers. <laughs> it's it's May now. Is it okay to drink? <laughs> right, not
0: cool. Or the yeah, the pumpkin beers are on the shelves, obviously in full force at this point in time too. I think it's okay to start for taking in September. If you start drinking them, though... before, that's fine.
1: Yeah, July or even early August. Sorry, uh, too soon. Fair enough. Looking forward to enjoying one of these. And this is... We've never had a beer by Dry County on the show, so looking forward to talking about them here at the end. For sure. All right, well, uh, let's get to the topic at hand. We're talking about the key characteristics of
0: great investors. And Matt, there's been this, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, I think everyone's noticed this mass proliferation of micro-transportation devices in oh, recent years. I think That's what I'm going to call them, at least. And there were the, the Bird scooters, I think they were maybe at least the most popular um, of these micro-transportation sure. devices to show up in cities. Yeah. And then all these competitors, Lime and all mm-hmm. these other companies just sprung up and started putting hundreds or, and thousands of scooters in different cities and kind of got out of hand. A lot of them got Became... Electronic litter <laughs> on the sidewalks yeah. that people stopped using. A lot of them ended up just kind of thrown, thrown in the trash. Sadly, but uh, segways. That's another one, right? They kind of make you look like a nerd. I feel like they're,
1: they're like, actual segues, like actual segways. Actual like segways. Joe Bluth segways. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> they're the nerdiest of the micro transportation <laughs> devices, and I think mostly only used by downtown tourists at this point. Uh, electric Very true. Electric skateboards. They're another Dude, interesting micro transportation device. I
1: actually am pretty fascinated in those because those look like a ton of fun. They look like fun. Like the ability just to go carving down a hill, like, or not not even down a hill. Like that's the fun Up part a <laughs> on, on a regular skateboard is, is having to find a hill to go down, but the ability to be on flat ground and mm-hmm. I don't know, lay and do it, do some carving. Like that's, that seems well, like a lot of fun. One of
0: the, one of the other really cool micro transportation devices is the one wheel. Like those oh, things are kind yeah. of taken off. Well, I, I gotta be honest, right? There's some really cool stuff out there, but none of these newer transportation inventions holds a candle to the ultimate classic, to the bicycle. We talk about bikes all the time. I see where you're going. And it's not that bikes haven't improved in the past 100 years, right? They certainly have. But those iterations have been relatively minor. Yeah, bikes continue to reign supreme as the number one personal transportation
1: That's device, right. at least in our opinion. Yeah, bicycles were the OG. They mm-hmm. were the 1.0 personal transportation vehicle. For sure. Yeah.
0: And, and similarly, our world, it changes quickly, right? Uh, there's always something new that we're supposed to be considering. There's new diets. There's new kids' toys. I was shocked at the latest toy that Polly got that like makes potions. And uh, it's... There's never an end to the iterations on kids' toys. There's always something fancy or new that they want. There's new gurus out there pitching new products. I mean, our world is constantly changing, and there's always something new to grab our attention. And there's also new investments. But is the new stuff better than the old stuff? almost always the answer is no. And so today we're going to discuss how to be a great investor and particularly in a world where there's so many newfangled offerings. There's so many, there's so much more for us to choose from. How do we stay the course and make good decisions when everything around us is
1: changing what, what seems like all the time. That's right. Even though there are all those new forms of micro transportation. Fact is, we both still have our 100% leg-powered bikes that Mm -hmm. are uh, set up here on the walls in our office. Um, And it's not that technology or or like the advancements that we've seen in our world, it's not that it's all bad, right? And in particular, when we're talking about investments, there have certainly been some, like there are are some pros to things changing and things evolving. Accessibility that folks have now to be able to to invest is great. Uh, You don't have to know somebody, you don't have to hop on the phone and call up the brokerage and actually place an order. Those advancements are good. Uh, The fact that fees don't exist, like that's a good thing as well. But like there really are a lot more crappier investments uh, out there though. Uh, And there's also been a proliferation of not so awesome investment advice as well. It's a constantly changing space. Uh, there's a wider range of options available to us. Uh, we actually discussed this back in uh, episode 446, where we talked about investing in farmland, investing in wine, investing in art, and whiskey. And <laughs> That's right. Which uh, I prefer to drink it and not invest in it. There's a way you can do both, I think. <laughs> uh, but these newfangled, like, they're sexier options, right? But they can throw us off our game, and it's difficult to address every single product that's out there. Uh, we, like, we certainly weren't able to cover all of the alternatives alternative investment products out there on that episode. I'm sure there's a bunch that we haven't even heard of. And I know that there are plenty more that will be invented in the future. And so we wanted to make sure that you are able to cultivate and then embody the characteristics of what it takes to be a great investor so that you'll be able to make wise decisions with your money, even in an era where there are more potential investment options at your disposal. We want you to know why it is that you are investing. Because the you know, fact is, like Joel and I, we're, we're doing the show, but we may not always be here for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there might come a day. That's with... why we have life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look up, policy genius. <laughs> but we're, we're planning to be here and we want to be able to continue to, to be sort of like your partner. Uh, as you advance along, as you travel down the personal finance path, uh, as you're seeking financial freedom, yeah. Uh, but we may not always be there. That's all I'm saying.
0: For, it's true. It's true. That's the ultimate reality. But the I want to say what this episode isn't, Matt, because I think you might read the title and you might say, "Oh, the key characteristics of great investors." They're going to talk about the individuals who are great at investing. The greats. We can replicate what they did. And no, the goal of this episode is not to turn you into the next Warren Buffett, the next Charlie Munger, or the next Peter Lynch. And you might say, I don't know who any of those people are. And that's okay. (laughs) You don't need to. But those are individuals who have, over a long time span, outperformed the market, even though that's really, really hard to do. If we were to create some sort of Mount Rushmore of greatest investors, like those those three guys would probably be on it. I don't know who else we would include necessarily, but it's widely accepted that those are three of the greatest investors to have ever lived. And you know, most of us, we've got jobs, we've got families. We're just not interested in, or, nor are we even equipped to start competing on their level <laughs> to even seek to rival what they've done. But the good news is that's not necessary for us to achieve our financial goals. There are certain key things we can learn from folks like them and we can implement into our own lives, increasing the possibility that we're able to get out of our own way in order to watch our investments grow over the years and over the decades. But I just want to mention that we don't necessarily need to be exactly like these folks. We don't necessarily need to become professional investors, but we would say there's still a
1: lot that we can learn from the way they they go about their jobs. Sure. There's a way that you can continue living your life and the life that you want to lead and live without becoming a total nerd, (laughs) uh, which is what it takes to be uh, the very, very best investor. Uh, But one of the characteristics that we think is really important to embody is that you need to be hungry to learn and specifically learning from others. Uh, That is one of the biggest keys to success. You don't need to reinvent the wheel if you can pattern your investing game after the best folks out there, you know, and not the ones who, who say that they're the best. Like on YouTube and TikTok, those platforms are full of those folks. A lot of, a lot of big heads out there, Matt, mm-hmm. telling people that yeah. you got to follow their plan in order to succeed, and that's poppycock. Yeah, yeah and, and we're also not Have saying I said that...
0: poppycock you... twice this episode? I think so.
1: Yeah, you've already hit your one, <laughs> one poppycock per episode limit. Uh-oh. Uh, and... Like we're, we're also not talking about just finding a single individual, right? Like a, like a guru and following them to the ends of the earth. That's more cult-like behavior that we are not in favor of. What we're talking about is using time-tested wisdom that has accumulated over the decades and over the centuries. Um, and it, it can also be helpful to find a group of folks, right? Like a hive mind of individuals who are dispensing information that you can trust on a regular basis. That tends to work together uh, in order to inform sort of a, a cohesive strategy uh, we think that that'll make a, a massive difference for you moving forward as well. It makes, I mean, specifically, we talk a lot about the How to Money Facebook group, yeah. the ability for folks who share a lot of common goals, right? It, like the actual ends that they're seeking after might vary slightly, but the means to get there are oftentimes very similar. Uh, And that's what I love about personal finance is that we we all can take a very similar path, a similar strategy, even if our end goals are slightly different.
0: Yeah. And even if our particular situations look a whole lot different, if our income is different, if we live in opposite parts of the country or even different different countries, like there are a lot of similar principles that we can adopt and, and put into practice. And so, yeah, Matt, you mentioned basically the first characteristic is being hungry to learn or being thirsty for knowledge, right? Because information builds on itself. And we're all indebted to those who have gone before us, right? I'm I'm thankful that that we can iterate based on the discoveries and the inventions of others without having to start over from square one. Because the reality is, knowledge really can get lost over time if we're not vigilant. Like is there anybody out there who knows how to build a pyramid these days? Uh, Like one of the great (laughs) Egyptian pyramids? No, like nobody knows how to do that. That knowledge has actually been lost. Like it wasn't transmitted down to future generations. And that's a really important thing to realize. Like we're fortunate, the level of information we have available to us as investors. like It can be overwhelming, but we should also be pretty thankful (laughs) because there is a whole lot that we can learn Mm -hmm. in less time than ever because of what's at our fingertips. And Matt, maybe real quickly, we should discuss our biggest influences because we've actually been able to have a lot of them on the show. Sadly, Warren Buffett uh, still hasn't responded to our emails. But uh, a lot of the other folks who have come on the show we would we would say they're worthy of you listening to regularly, <laughs> reading reading their books or blog posts or or whatever. Morgan Housel, Clark Howard, J.L. Collins, Ben Carlson. There there are a few of our favorite money writers and thinkers. We've had the good fortune of having each one of them. On how to money. That's right. And Warren Buffett and Jack Bogle, they are uh, from. They're from an even more distant generation. So those guys have been around for decades and decades, and, and we haven't had them on the show. And sadly, Jack Bogle is no longer with us. But their thoughtfulness about investing has been invaluable to informing how we view investing. We haven't created these concepts out of thin air, like Matt and I. We didn't just stumble upon our own investing philosophy through self-actualization. <laughs> this is really has been a project of many years of reading and learning from. The wisdom of others
1: yeah again you, you don't have to reinvent the wheel right because chances are like if you wanted to you could self-actualize your way into uh a, a winning strategy perhaps there is a chance that things don't pan out very well uh depending on your proclivity to learn and to make the right decisions but if you're a smart individual if you're willing to not make decisions based on your emotions there is a chance that you could just isolate yourself look at the data and make the right decisions. But why? (laughs) Like, why would you be off in the corner by yourself kind of spinning your wheels when you can just look at these proven methods, these proven paths that are well worn, Mm -hmm. that I mean, millions of people have taken in order to grow their wealth. That's why it's important to, to be able to learn from others. Well, maybe through. you read that Robert Frost
0: poem, and you're like, I'm going to <laughs> go the road less traveled. And in some cases, that is the way to go in life. But when it comes to patterning your investing decisions, like you don't necessarily want to go the road less
1: traveled. Exactly. That's going to be... Uh, Boring is better. It's going it... to be the route for misery. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you know, not only should we learn from history and the experiences of others, we think it pays to be constantly curious as we're looking to learn from everything around us. We want you to, to be like a sponge that's constantly soaking up the nuggets of wisdom that you encountered every day. Uh, but not only is it important to learn and understand what's going on in the world, but understanding yourself is just as important. Increasing your self-awareness is a vital part of increasing your knowledge where, you know, you're recognizing that there, there, there are going to be limits to what you can know, to what you can do. Uh, it's, it's not difficult for us to begin to think that we're smarter than, than we actually are. Uh, but the, the reality is that the more you learn, the more you realize that you don't actually understand.
0: I remember people saying that when I was in my early 20s, and I was like, nah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to learn a lot, and I'm going to know it all. <laughs> and no, th- it is true, though. The more you learn, you're like, wow, there's still a lot to be... Uh, y- it, it almost like heightens your sense of humility because you realize how much you don't understand.
1: Sure. It's, a, it's sort of like you're walking along with a torch, and like when you're younger, you think that, oh, no, when I... specifically I'm thinking of like the old school Zelda because like you create the map you know like as you go into these certain areas Um, but it's, it's as if you think in your earlier years that once you discover the boundaries of the level or you know once you figure out where all the walls are then it's all you got to do is just kind of fill in the gaps, right? But in reality, instead of there being walls, there's just more doors. There there are always going to be more doors and more uh, arenas or industries that you can learn more about. I'm so glad you brought a Zelda reference. No, it's here. I mean, into this episode, have we made a Zelda reference Thank before. You. I don't know, but it was one of the classics, man. It really was it the really gold was.
0: the gold cartridge. <laughs> That's right. Oh, so good. Remember, you had to always like blow on it in order to yeah, oh, if it wasn't wasn't working that
1: dust build up. But. Blow, lick it, run your finger across it. Yeah. I all don't know the
0: last time I played a video game so all, all the tricks <laughs> I don't even know how they work or what games are hot these days
1: but um, but the, the reason I mention mention this is because it's actually a helpful realization obviously by you realizing that you don't know everything this is going to keep you from trying to make investing decisions with hubris and you know we're kind of talking about humility here which we feel is is another great characteristic to possess when when you know yourself better you can be humble um, and, and not only is it important to realize what it is that you don't know, but it's important to to understand your natural inclinations and how it is that you behave. And the reason I mention this is because you literally could have all of the knowledge that Warren Buffett has but if you are not able to actively implement that knowledge into how it is that you invest, well you're not going to be a good investor. If you haven't developed the other characteristics aside from knowledge, yes. You're yep. still prone you can prone know everything there is to know but to if, make massive mistakes. Exactly. If you yeah. cannot implement it well, then that doesn't automatically make you a good investor. All right. So let's get
0: to those other characteristics, so Matt. We'll get it. to uh, a laundry list of the important, the key characteristics that you need to develop if you want to be a good investor and we'll talk about those right after this. AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So,
1: it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend.
0: I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes, those vacations Or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't
1: work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started.
0: Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed.
1: Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the, uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app, for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we're back from the break talking about some of these key characteristics, uh, what it takes to be a great investor. These are not poppycock. These are, sorry. <laughs> I swear, I had to. If, you, <laughs> <laughs> if you say that one more time. Uh, no, okay, so we already talked about a, a desire to learn, a, a thirst for knowledge. Uh, The next characteristic that we wanted to get to is patience. Uh, Because the truth is that uh, investing, it is a long game. When when we talk about investing in the market, we're talking about like typically investing at a minimum of five years, if not five decades. And so, over that course of time, you're going to experience a lot of volatility. You're going to see a lot of ups and downs. And it's important to maintain that scope, to understand that you are investing for the long haul in order to see out. Those ups and downs, right? Because in in reality, the you know those fluctuations, that volatility, those aren't bugs, right? Like those are features of the market. Uh, and if you are too focused on the near term, and you see the market crashing, you see you see it drop 30 percent. Well, if, if you don't if you don't have a 30 year time horizon, you're freaking out in that stress. First of all, it's not good for you. But then secondly, it could potentially lead you to make decisions that are not wise. And the same, the opposite is true as well, right? Like you start yeah. you see something taken off, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, better get in FOMO on it is kicking in. Uh, I need to jump on that to make sure I don't get left behind. hundred chairs of Bed Bath & on stock right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And were you to do that, you'd be out a lot of money right yeah. now. And so being patient, having a, a proper view of your your time frame is super important.
0: Well, it makes me think, Matt, there was a, a tweet I saw recently from Alex Lieberman who started Morning Brew, which mm-hmm. I think is just a, a killer email newsletter. I mean, it's not quite as good as the How to Money newsletter, but you know, they're doing they're doing all right. They're trying. Yeah. Well, and I have a lot of respect for Alex. I think he's great. But But he asked this question of his followers hey if you wanted to turn a hundred thousand dollars into a million dollars within 12 months what investments would you make and the only thing i could think when i read that was (laughs) if you're trying to grow your money 10x in just a year chances are you're putting it at too much risk and there's a really big chance you're going to lose it Mm -hmm. or at least lose a big portion of it because you have to make riskier bets if you're not patient enough to see that 100k grow a lot more slowly, sure. right? The the greedier you get, the less patience that you have, the more likely you are to invest in a way that doesn't align with your long term goals, and that puts your capital at a whole lot more risk.
1: Yeah, fact is that's that's kind of an invalid question. Yeah,
0: like like to not say not a great question.
1: Yeah, like how could you ask uh, what's the best investment in order to turn 100k into one million? It's like well, and, and in reality, that's not truly investing. Mm-hmm. It feels a bit more like like gambling. To or us. how do you do that
0: over 20 years? Like that's a different question, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, we can talk about that. Sure, but how to do it in that, one year? That is investing, yeah. Versus something, uh, yeah, a shorter time frame like that feels a lot more like speculation. Because literally, if you're doing that, I,
0: I would take the hundred k to Vegas. Like that's the only re- legitimate answer I, that I know. Of.
1: Probably be the most fun way to do it as well. Like, could <laughs> right. you do imagine going to Vegas with hundred k? I've never. Have you been to Vegas? No, and like never. Gone to the casino, dude. One, I want to someday. One of these days, because I, I feel like there's something. There's just something that I think I'm going to learn when I go and do that, right? Like I feel like there are going to be certain life lessons, not because I'm trying to strike it rich, but just like we're talking about earlier, the process of learning. There's something, you know, from exposing myself there, going there with a certain amount of money and literally betting it, uh, knowing that there's a good chance I could lose it all. I want to experience. I mean, that. I've gambled.
0: I've gone to Tuna before, but just yeah. not, I guess I bought a lottery
1: ticket, but I mean, I bought I did the Mega Millions or whatever a few weeks ago. You oh, kept we, it. You kept it small though, right? You one bought, bought one ticket. Or? Yeah, technically, that's not totally true. Because in Georgia, they require you to put 10 bucks in if you do it via the app. Uh, and I had downloaded the app. And so I did $10, okay. which I was kind of pissed about because, <laughs> because I only wanted to drop two. In, in reality, I did more. I did some upgrades or something. It's a total sham. But even still, I do want to go to Vegas one of these days. Uh, but what we're talking about here is the opposite of going to Vegas, which is being patient <laughs> uh, with your investments. Uh, and like, like delayed gratification, you know, like that might come easier for certain folks. But delayed gratification is the direct action that accompanies the virtue of patience, right? Like you just wait, you wait it out. Uh, and then like the true impact of patience is going to be shown through the magic of compound returns. As you're patient, as you delay that gratification and wait, uh, you get rewarded with those returns over the years and decades because great investors do not get rich overnight. It takes time, even though you're doing the right thing, you know, like even though you're socking money away into the, the market, paycheck after paycheck, the results are they're often going to be like invisible <laughs> for, for months or even years yeah but over time eventually you might start to think that your net worth is looking somewhat impressive like say after a decade i feel like a decade that's the time frame when you're like
0: oh wow okay i, I
1: i'm starting to see what
0: mm-hmm. the compounding returns thing is all about whereas two three years in you're like i don't know
1: don't, i don't get you it you don't really feel it yeah uh, but i mean both of us i mean we're, we're pretty young even still even though we're getting older uh, i feel like we're young when it comes to our investments i like to, to, to really see those incredible results i feel like we've got another 10 years yeah. Ahead of us, uh, I feel like they're on their way. <laughs> they're coming, and those investments that that seem so small like ten years ago, uh, a few percentage points, you know, of of your paycheck, or, or me maxing out my my Roth IRA as a, a self employed person eventually, at some point, uh, those are going to look crazy impressive. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, a little bit over a long time makes a big difference, but it takes patience to then reap those results. And so we've got a couple of characteristics down, but well, we've got more to cover. And another one is becoming a specialist, right? The more the more you try to accomplish, the less you're going to be able to do well. I, I heard someone say the other day, Matt, that they were the, the thing they were good at was multitasking. And I was like, that's interesting because I think of that, I like to think of myself as a good multitasker, but I've been told and from everything I've read, people aren't, like it's not possible. <laughs> it's yeah. not possible to be doing a few things well at the same time. And so I makes do think th- of it, I, it's, I don't know, it's made me more critical of myself as I, as I think that and try to just hone in on doing one thing at a time instead of trying to spread myself too thin.
1: It actually makes me think of a recent like stoic proverb that I saw from one of the stoics, I don't know who it was, uh, but he who is everywhere is nowhere, and that is absolutely true when it comes to our mind. Because if we're trying to do multiple things at once, we're not truly anywhere fully.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It makes me think of uh, two sport athletes, and you were back in the nineties. <laughs> like there were a few guys that were really good at multiple sports. Yeah, like there Michael was, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> see, he wasn't so great at baseball, as it turns out. Even as the, the one of the most accomplished basketball players of all time. And I kind of wonder if he had just stuck with basketball, like how many championships would he have? Mm, maybe, maybe yeah. eight. But you know, Bo Jackson, he was. A pretty good uh, two-sport athlete we had neon deon sanders here in atlanta and i remember that guy he was pretty good at both but they're the exception to the rule mm-hmm. and, and and we're not saying that it doesn't mean that you can't have multiple investment accounts that you have to specialize in just your 401k or something like that of course you can and you probably should have a roth ira and you should also be using let's say your hsa in order to invest for your future too but if you're spreading yourself too thin by investing in too many different types of asset classes. That's that's what I'm talking about. Right. Or if you're investing in, let's say, a dozen or more individual stocks, you're way more likely to make mistakes that are going to hamper your progress. And again, we're not trying to be like Warren Buffett. If we had all the time in the world to research these companies, to dig into their financials, we might be able to be uh, investors on par with Warren Buffett, but most of us don't have that time. So we have to specialize and we, have to, we can't spread ourselves too thin or we're not going to be good at any of the things that we're attempting to do. That's
1: right. Yeah, we're talking about being focused here uh, and And like generally speaking, for a lot of these different characteristics, we're we're talking about the stock market. But this is especially true when it comes to real estate as well, because we know we talk about going hyper local and finding the particular path, the specific path that makes the most sense to you. But if you're looking at condos and quadplexes, you're looking at apartment complexes. You're also thinking about maybe doing a flip, maybe starting your own HGTV show. I'm gonna all the above, man. (laughs) Let's do it all. If you do all that, the chances that you accidentally ignore an important red flag about a property, uh, or maybe you fail to crunch the numbers well enough before making an offer, uh, the chances grow significantly that that happens. And and so when we spread ourselves too thin, we are often going to end up doing everything maybe a little bit more poorly than you would otherwise. So limiting our scope and and becoming experts on just a couple of things, becoming those specialists, we think that that'll increase our chances of success markedly. Yeah, man, that makes me think of Simplicity,
0: right? That is another Uh just intelligent investors value simplicity because the more complex something is, the more likely it is to be a bad investment, right? I'm looking at you, 82 kinds of annuities or (laughs) awkward mixtures of life insurance and investments. If you you can't explain the investment that you're partaking in to a seven or eight year old, chances are you probably don't quite understand it fully yourself. And you've let someone else convince you of something based on faulty assumptions and bad numbers and just in excess of exuberance. And so it's kind of like how the best writers they actually avoid the most flowery, cutesy language. The, the ones who are okay, <laughs> they're using their thesaurus like a crutch mm. uh, to, in order to make their prose sound better than it actually is. The absolute best writers. They don't need to do that, and and similarly, the best investors they don't need to get too cute with their money, investing in things that are more complicated. Those are, those are usually more hassle than they're worth, and they're gonna they're gonna uh, push you into a worse place when it comes to your overall
1: investment choices. That's right, yeah. So we're talking about keeping it simple. We're talking about having a high degree of focus. Uh, we you mentioned being a specialist, being patient, being thirsty for knowledge. Another characteristic is to be blissfully ignorant. Well, that sounds uh, like the opposite of thirsty for knowledge, Matt. So please <laughs> do tell. We do not want investors to pay attention to the results. And this, again, kind of goes counter to maybe what we've been saying so far, because you might be thinking, well, I'm investing to grow my money. You <laughs> I, idiots! I, I need to be focused on the results. They're kind of important. Uh, and you're not wrong. But the more you're checking in on the growth that you're experiencing, the more likely you are to tinker In order to just juice those returns and see if you can kind of outsmart the market. But those changes are often implemented as an emotional reaction, not because our actual goals have changed and not because the way that we were investing no longer makes sense to us. Uh, We're making a knee-jerk emotional reaction to buy or sell or to invest in something else. Uh, And so ignorance is bliss in so many areas of life, investing included it's a it's a good idea to check in maybe just once or twice a year if you want to update your net worth uh, and uh, have a general idea of where you are at but other than that we would just recommend that you for the most part just try to ignore it
0: yeah if the market loses loses like three percent in one day you don't want to log into your accounts and see the red and then do something about it (laughs) yeah that's actually what i love about when we talk about the robo advisors matt Betterment is the best of the robo-advisors, largely because they implement so many great behavioral tools to help people stay the course. Um, They're they're kind of like, wait, are you sure you want to do that? They're holding people's hands to help them make smart decisions, to help them be better investors, which I think is cool. And, And what we're talking about here is being indistractable, centering our attention on what matters to us And ignoring the headlines and the noise that are kind of floating all around us, there's like an endless stream of predictions about what the market's going to do today or tomorrow about recessions. Are we in one? Are we headed for one? We're talking about macro trends. There's no shortage of people on Twitter or on CNBC telling you what they think is going to happen. But here's the thing. That is noise. And it shouldn't impact our day-to-day decisions in the least. And then another benefit is that those simple choices you set in motion—they just allow you to going back to focus. They allow you to focus on the stuff that really matters, which often has nothing to do with your portfolio. Uh, keeping you're, it simple. You're talking about living life. I'm talking about living life, man. Yeah. I'm talking about riding your, you know, riding your electric skateboard or whatever it is that you <laughs> want to do. I'm talking about doing the normal stuff and oh. not not having to think about constantly like, well, do I need to buy or sell? Do I need to make a shift here? Do I need to change things up based on what's happening today? And if you're taking the long-term approach, if you're taking the, the blissfully ignorant, simple approach, you don't have to think that way. You can kind of like tune that stuff out completely and get on with your life.
1: Yeah. And one thing that's worth mentioning as well, right? Like we're talking about tuning out all the noise and folks might be thinking, well, Matt and Joel, Y'all talk about the meme stonks. You talk about crypto. You talk about um, whatever crazy thing that Elon's tweeted recently. He's talking we, about buying another soccer club, maybe buying a country. I will say <laughs> we, we have not talked about
0: Elon Musk very much, even though the headlines, all the people love to hate on Elon and they're like, but they publish headlines about him Non-stop. based on every single right. little thing he does. We, we try not to major on Elon Musk but here.
1: All, what I'm saying, though, is that we do talk about these things that we're tell, that we're kind of from a very high lofty perch saying that you should be ignoring but but wait a minute you guys are bringing this to my attention I wanted to clarify as well. The reason we talk about those things is because we think it's funny, right? Like, like, we're not talking about those things because we think that that is actually where you should be putting your money. And usually what we're saying is, hey, this is a, a trend that's happening. And do the opposite. <laughs> and here's <laughs> why and how you should avoid it.
0: Because it, if you let this thing become too influential on your thought, if you let the cryptocurrency spike in price, you know, not now, but like of a year ago, if you let that influence your decisions now, in all likelihood, you're going to be poor in the end because of
1: it. Exactly. We, we put it out there as a warning. And yes. so even though we do talk about these things, it's important to be aware of them and for them to be on your radar. But hopefully you're not thinking, oh, wait a minute, They're, these guys are making how much? And you ignore the part where we say uh, you should not be doing that. <laughs> uh, we hope that that's not the case for cool. you. Cool. Those are
0: the headlines. But what you're not seeing is all the people on the other side of that trade who lost a lot
1: of money. Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's worth pointing out, too, a lot of what we're talking about here in this section is about removing things from your life, right? Like we're talking about cutting out the noise. like we're talking about curating and culling and cutting. Uh, And yeah, like in the first section, we talked for a little bit about Inputting new and proper things into your mind, like the proper knowledge and who you should be learning from, and but there is a lot of information out there. Just like we said at the very beginning, uh, and so much more work I think is required of us to put the blinders on, mm-hmm. uh, because we are like there is no shortage of information of that investing advice. And I think it's really interesting that we may not have been used to limiting the inputs of our lives, but I do think that that's something we need to implement more of in our life. It's more important now than ever because yeah. there's never been so many people vying for our there's attention. There's so much stuff out there. There's yeah. so much media. There's so many podcasts. There's so many books.
0: It's never been so readily accessible. So right at our fingertips yeah. to have a hundred people screaming at us, telling exactly. us what to do. And so we have to find the right people who preferably aren't screaming, <laughs> yep. trying to help us figure out what the best course of action is for us. And yep. not, not just trying to sell us on what's best for them or what's most beneficial in the here and now, right in the very yep. moment.
1: Yeah. The investing guys that are screaming, uh, you just want to completely stay away from, <laughs> you from that guy.
0: Yeah. If they're red in the face, <laughs> Uh, veins bulging in the neck, you're like, ew, sorry, man, I think I'm going to avoid you. We try to stay calm when we're talking about yeah, that's all us. this stuff, right? Uh, and another, uh, another characteristic, Matt, that we would say that great investors possess is that they consider trade-offs well. Mm-hmm. They think through risk and reward, there's obviously there's no free lunch in life. Right. For example, let's say you say yes to one of those free steak dinners. Typically, you're going to be sold a really crappy financial product like an annuity, and so that free lunch could actually end up costing you a lot of money. Yeah, great investors, as it turns out, they're able to figure out what the trade-offs are between different cl- asset classes and different fund types. For for instance, like sticking all your money in Meta stock right now, like Facebook, right? It, because you assume that virtual beers with with your friends. <laughs> are the future.
1: Uh, Nothing and, sounds further from the truth. Yeah. Nothing sounds... Like, that's like the opposite of what I want to do. I, I would rather... Virtual fe- beers? Like, what is that FaceTime a friend
0: who lives somewhere else <laughs> than meet him in the metaverse for a beer. But the reality is meta stock, it could double over the next six months as the metaverse is starting to see maybe some signs of life. I don't know. But the reality is that the downside is steep, too. If everyone realizes that in-person beers are superior in every way, <laughs> which... They might already know that well uh then it could tank that stock and maybe your bet that had a lot of upside well it's also got a lot of potential downside so knowing your personal risk tolerance is important it also helps you avoid speculation and gambling behavior uh, because one of the most surefire ways to help you experience less risk while getting most of the upside, it's just by investing in low cost index funds. But knowing those trade offs, knowing your personal risk and reward is going to help you make decisions that allow you to invest in such a way that you don't feel compelled to make changes based on current events.
1: That's right. Yeah. So those are some of the characteristics. And it turns out, Joel, there's actually a subset of the population of investors out there who are already doing this. Who are these people? Who have already implemented a lot of these these characteristics into their lives. Uh, and so we'll get to that as well as how it is that you should go about starting to invest your money. We'll get to all that right after this break. <music> you probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right?
0: AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect
1: with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend.
0: I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes, those vacations Or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb, you just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
1: Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial.
0: Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for
1: the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety
0: net using Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com. All right. For folks out there who want to be a great investor, which doesn't necessarily mean being some 90-year-old billionaire, it just means investing in a way that you can continue to do week in, week out, decade in, decade out, so that you have enough money on hand to become financially independent earlier than most. That's what we're shooting for here. Well, Matt, you, you, you tease to kind of a subset of the population who has yeah. this more figured out. You want to reveal who that is?
1: No, you do it. Okay.
0: <laughs> it's women.
1: <laughs> it's, it's the ladies out there. That's right.
0: So it's, it might sound weird, but a, a Fidelity survey from like five years ago found that women end up socking more money away on a regular basis. I think it was 9% of their paycheck uh, versus 8.6% mm-hmm. for men. And so, yeah, women are are typically investing more of their money than men do and if you if you want to talk about something that's very much in your control it's your savings rate oh yeah and how much of the money that you save that you're able to stock away into those tax advantaged accounts we would love to see you increase your 401k or your tsp contribution or your 403b contribution like clockwork every time you get a raise but you might not even want to wait until then, right? Maybe you can increase by a percentage point or two now. The reality is that you're barely going to feel it in your paycheck, but future you is going to be thankful that you did more right now. So if you want to be a successful investor, you heard it here first. You might want to think a little bit more like a woman.
1: That's right. And not only do ladies invest more of their income, but they also tend to see higher returns. Again, this is according to that Fidelity study based on the average of uh, men and women that they studied. Uh, And one of the reasons for this is because women tend to mess around with their investments less often. Men, it turns out, are 35% more likely to make regular investment trades and fiddle with their accounts than their female counterparts. Uh, and so what that means is that, the, is that the average woman is taking more of a long-term view, which actually leads to more success and, and larger balances at the end of the day. And so, yeah, you know, focusing on, on these two characteristics, investing more every paycheck, and then touching your investments less, that will massively improve your ability to build wealth. Uh, and what's also great here is that neither one of these two behaviors is overly complicated or complex (laughs) or requires like a ton of discipline. Just literally do less. Yeah, Uh, That's what we're trying to get you to do. Well, do
0: more on one hand, put more money away, (laughs) and then do less by not doing anything once you put that money into... The index fund of your choice. That's right. It's it really is as simple as that, and we like to make it more complex and make people think that they need to jump through a bunch of hoops in order to be a good investor. But if if you boil it down to just a couple of things, that's really key. And and so let's talk about how to do this, Matt, because you're also going to learn by doing. You're not going to be perfect. There's just there is no perfect when it comes to investing. And you you don't necessarily need to hire someone in order to be a good investor. I think we have to put that out there, too. It can help uh, to have a coach in your corner. We think that more folks need a money coach than they need a financial advisor, somebody like Erica Taylor, who we had on the show. She can help you think through budgeting and cutting expenses and increasing your savings and and even getting started investing, Mm -hmm. whereas financial advisors, they they can make sense for some folks, but we would say cultivating the traits we're talking about here uh, can help you become the kind of person who can effectively. DIY their own investments, no incredibly expensive person uh, necessary in your corner. And if you feel like you do need somebody's help, typically most folks actually need the help of a money coach more than they need the help
1: of a financial advisor. That's right. Coaches focus more on behavior as opposed to financial advisors who are looking more at the nuts and bolts. And oftentimes we already know the nuts and bolts. We just need maybe a little kick in the butt when it comes to actually doing the dang thing. Well, and
0: sometimes financial advisors are, are Focus more on the big picture, and it turns out there's a lot of like small changes that you can eat more easily make in your life that are going to make a bigger difference. That's right, the behavior and they, psychology yeah. part yeah.
1: of it that, that they tend to focus on, uh, and so let's kind of talk through some of the the easiest ways that you can get investing, uh, specifically the different accounts that you can be investing in. And first, we want to mention the employer match because if you've got a work sponsored account with an employer match, you better be getting it. <laughs> and you know this is this might be kind of like no kind of advice, but There are still so many folks who are not doing this. Somewhere close to 30% of folks who have access to a workplace retirement account either aren't contributing at all uh, or they aren't contributing enough to get the full freebie, basically, that their employer is laying out for them. This is why on our money gears, aside from Having some cash, like a few, you know, a little bit of cash in the bank, you need to be getting that employer match. You that's need literally be, money gear number two. It's number two. Besides uh, having twenty two thousand four hundred sixty seven dollars <laughs> in your bank account, the second thing
0: we want you to do is get the full employer match. Yeah,
1: gear number two is is massive yeah. if that's a gear that's available to you
0: for sure. So employer match, that's one how to. The other thing is tax advantaged accounts. Like after scoring that one hundred percent free money from your employer. The next thing you want to do is to take advantage of accounts that allow your investments to grow in a tax-sheltered way. And these are accounts like 401ks, TSPs, if you're a federal employee or you're a member of the military, IRAs, individual retirement accounts that any of us really have access to, and HSAs. And last but uh, but also least actually. <laughs> 529 <laughs> accounts, those are tax advantage, but those are our, our least favorite because saving for your kid's college should be a lower priority, a much lower priority on your you know, financial bucket list. Yeah,
1: compared to saving for your retirement. It's, it's not that 529 accounts aren't good. Like those are excellent yeah. accounts if you are looking to save for your kid's college. But compared to you putting aside money in your Roth, uh, if that's your only retirement account, well, that definitely needs to come
0: yeah. first. No brainer choice there. Roth all the way, uh, every time. But if you focus on growth, growing wealth in those other ones via simple index funds or target date funds there's no need to go any further if you don't want to right we we actually sent out a newsletter a few weeks ago matt talking about how you can become a millionaire really easily by just maxing out one of these accounts That's right. for a few decades and with something like a Roth IRA the annual contribution limit it's only $6,000 but you can still become a millionaire investing only in a Roth IRA which i think is saying something it means a lot it says these tax advantaged accounts are really important <laughs> you should prioritize those sock as much money uh, you can away in those accounts, they're really the best wealth building tool that's available to us.
1: That's right. Yeah. And so some of those accounts, like the IRA, you can set up on your own without an employer, Uh, but definitely uh, take advantage of those employer-sponsored accounts. But the thing is, if you work for yourself, that's, that's that's not a big deal because there are awesome accounts available for you that allow you to sock away even more money than your traditionally employed friends, uh, if you're so inclined. The SEP IRA and the Solo 401k are, are the two worth looking into. And if you have a high deductible health plan, you can open up your, your own HSA, your own health savings account as well. Uh, it just takes a little more intentionality, Because income, you know, it tends to be maybe a little more irregular if you own your own business. And plus, you don't have an employer making it easy to contribute, uh, perhaps on a biweekly basis. But it is still super important and not terribly complicated. And it's one of those workplace benefits that you can participate in as well, even though it doesn't feel like one of those free benefits. Because, you know, with your friends who have all of the health care coverage provided for them for free, or, you know, maybe they have a match. Well, guess what? You can sock away a ton of money as well.
0: Yep, you can. And then the, the next thing, let's say You're a high-income earner, or you're just a go-getter who's hoping to retire early. Brokerage accounts are a great next step worth considering, even though they don't offer you any sort of tax advantage. They can be really helpful if you're on the path to, let's say, fire. Right? You want to you want to retire early at the age of 45, and a brokerage account can help you get there because you're going to need to pull those that money out. You're going to need to pull some of those funds out to live. Before you reach retirement age, that's right. You got
1: to bridge that gap.
0: That's right. Before you hit
1: retirement age,
0: investing in real estate—that's another one of those things that you can consider. It's worth uh, mulling over if you're if you're uh, kind of interested in investing in real estate. We'd say becoming a mom and pop landlord has a lot of benefits for investors. It's definitely a route to consider. If that's something you're interested in but beyond those basic pieces of how to advice you know which route you decide to go in is largely going to be dependent on your specific goals and your specific timeline like investing in real estate it's not for everyone and some people are like listen the 401k set it and forget it thing and just putting more and more money into that every year that's easy and i don't really have to think about it whereas if i start investing in real estate I do have to think about it more, right? It is on my radar. I can't Mm -hmm. just hop on my electric skateboard and go because I got to go fix the leaky toilet. Those are the kind of things that you should consider. But but in reality, Matt, this episode, it's all about the characteristics, right? And not even the how-to. But we just wanted to provide that here as well because uh, the reality is a lot of people are like, cool. I'm down to develop those characteristics. I I see the need to to be more patient, right? I see the need to pick something that's a a simpler option than maybe the way my assets are currently allocated. But yeah, so much of the specific how-to direction it will be determined on your specific goals and your specific timeline. The reality is, though, that those characteristics of investors that we talked about, those are necessary for all of us to develop. Yeah. It, no matter which how-to direction we go in, those are crucial to us succeeding uh, in whichever path we choose.
1: Yeah, those characteristics hold fast regardless of what, you're, what you want your personal life to look like. Because I think that's a lot of what those additional steps and how you want to achieve that sense of financial freedom, a lot of that is going to come down to what you want your life to look like. Like if you want to be uh, that mom and pop landlord where you're, you know, occasionally, yeah, you are going to have to take some calls. You are going to have to show the, show the property. But, you know, on that note, one more thing that we should mention as we wrap this puppy up. Investing, it's great, right? But we do not want you to overdo it. Uh, you should have some other life priorities. Like here on the show, we, we drink beer and the craft beer equivalent, that's a huge part of our ethos of how to money. Uh, and so building wealth, starting to create a nest egg for your future, like that is great. But it is possible to focus too hard on that goal while you are depriving yourself today, while you're wrecking maybe your health, maybe you're wrecking relationships, you're wrecking all of these other things that you will not find on a Google Sheet yeah. or within an Excel document or on personal capital. There, there are things that are not reflected within your net worth. Uh, and so we want you to find ways to spend money freely on the things that matter to you while saving and while investing for your future because we believe that balance is impossible to fully achieve, but it is definitely worth consistently striving for. And that's what we do here on the show. And it's what we're constantly seeking after in our own lives as well.
0: Yeah, it's like a, a pendulum, right? And you're always kind of trying to find that center, but you're always off by just, just a little bit. But yeah. it doesn't mean we're always we're not always striving to get to that place, yep. right? Where we are good investors, but where we have enough free time to have great hobbies and great relationships, great family lives. Like we want, we yeah. kind of want the, all of the Above approach and <laughs> and sometimes that that's not going to lend us being becoming the next Warren Buffett like it's just not because when you actually look at some of the lives of some of the greatest investors their personal lives were not so great and so if you really want to be the best investor out there that means you're gonna to have to sacrifice a lot of yeah. other things just well, like michael d- jordan yeah if you want to be the best basketball player wasn't so good at baseball it means you're not going to make a lot of friends on the basketball court and your teammates are not going to love you at times until you hoist the championship in the air and you're like boom we hmm. did it but all along the way it's a difficult route because you're so hyper-focused. We're not talking about that. We're talking about being a great investor, not being the best investor. And I think there's a difference. There's a a real meaningful difference in trying to become the best versus becoming great. great And you can become a great investor actually... Pretty easily, and you can still kind of retain the things that matter to you most in life while doing that.
1: Again, that's a well-worn path that's proven. Like Warren Buffett, he couldn't he couldn't talk to girls. (laughs) Like that's one of the things. Like as a teenager, uh, as he went off to school, that he was terrible at because he spent all this time reading about reading about companies. His
0: marriage fell apart too. I mean, I think I read one story about where one of his children was on the floor or something and he like stepped over his child uh, to walk up to the office, his (laughs) child having a tantrum. And there's just, there are all these things you sacrifice sometimes Mm -hmm. in order to be the best at something. And we're not willing to do that. We don't want to be the best podcasters. We don't want to be the best investors. We want to be really good at what we do, but it wouldn't be worth the sacrifice in order to get to the number one slot on iTunes uh, or whatever it is. I mean, the
1: negatives would just far outweigh the positives in that case. That's right. Yeah. We're just trying to be great all-around dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a part of how we do that, like like we just said, is that we enjoy a beer during every episode, man. And this was Oktoberfest by Dry County Brewing in Kennesaw, Georgia. What were your thoughts on this seasonal beer? Yeah, so,
0: obviously, I don't really have Oktoberfest throughout the year much of the time. Uh, they're not readily available. But... So I don't even remember the last time I had one. I don't don't know if I had one last fall, but I thought it was good, man. I thought it was good. It's tasty. It's malty. It's kind of like a very malty. If you like brown ales, it's like a much lighter version of a brown ale, Mm -hmm. and it's it's not my go to style, that's for sure. Um, But it is like it's kind of one of those. Okay, hey, I like regular beer, but I don't like any other fancy stuff, this is one more step into beer for, for people like that. Finding an Oktoberfest this time of year on the shelves, you might be like, oh, I'm pleasantly surprised. I actually like this beer. So for the beer newbies or novices, I think an Oktoberfest. Totally. Um, and, and this one, if it, you, you probably don't get this one, where you live unless you live around where we live in Georgia. I don't think this brewery distributes very
1: far. No, I don't think so. But,
0: but find, look, yeah, look find for an October Fest, Oktoberfest
1: uh, or look for a Marzen because it's the same style oftentimes though. Like Marzen's were served.
0: It's like the German word for it, I guess, maybe?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the actual type of beer. Oktoberfest is more like a branding thing, (laughs) like like a marketing (laughs) thing. Like, Marzen is March in German because it was a beer that they brewed because back in the day, they weren't allowed to brew beer during the summer because mm. uh, it was too dry and the high temperatures and having the fire and boiling water could lead to buildings burning down and, and whatnot. And so they actually outlawed brewing during the summer months. And so this beer, they would brew in March and it ha- had a higher alcohol content. It had higher hops and higher malts, which means, generally speaking, more flavor than like the typical lager or pilsner uh, that they were used to brewing. So that's a little Marzen Oktoberfest beer history for you. It was called Oktoberfest because would, it would sit in like the basements or the cellars all summer and then they would drink it in the fall there you go there all you right.
0: go uh, that that would be another one of those things like I, I have no desire to go to Mount Rushmore but I would love to go so, we just mentioned Mount Rushmore <sighs> and the investing Mount Rushmore yeah, yeah. but I would love to go to Oktoberfest yeah um, that would be a lot of fun maybe a hot money trip with some listeners that'd be Vegas
1: great. And then Oktoberfest.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Uh, opposite directions, but let's go. Yeah, we can let's do make it. them both happen. We can pull it off. All right. That's going to do it for this episode for folks who want the show notes and links to everything we mentioned. We'll put those up on our website at HowToMoney.com.
1: That's right. If you have not subscribed to our newsletter, head to HowToMoney.com forward slash newsletter. It is free. It shows up on Tuesday mornings, and it has all of the personal finance news that you're going to need for the week along with some encouragement to get you through to Friday. Joel, that's going to be it for today, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out.